Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 60, please. Isaiah chapter 60. Very briefly, I would like to bring this message entitled, The Glory of the Lord is Risen Upon Thee. The Glory of the Lord is Risen Upon Thee. Brother Teddy read this from the Bible a few moments ago. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Now when you contemplate the thought, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Try to think that through what he is saying. Remember that Isaiah is a miniature Bible. Just as there are 66 books in the Bible, there are 66 chapters in, in Isaiah. Just as there are 39 books in the Old Testament, the first 39 books, chapters of Isaiah refer to the promise of the coming. And just as there are 27 books in the New Testament that present Christ, beginning in chapter 40 through 66, there are 27 chapters that reveal Christ. For example, in chapter 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. For all practical purposes, you would think that could have been written in the year 500 A.D. or 1900 A.D., it was really written five to eight hundred years before Christ was born, but was written in the past tense. He was wounded for our transgressions. Why? Because all of this to remind us God perfectly planned it all. The cross was no afterthought in the mind of Christ. He had always known that man would be sinful, that there had to be a way back to God and it is as if the Lord Christ came to the Heavenly Father and said, Father, I know you love the people, and I love the people. Let me go and pay for their sins. Every sin, every transgression must receive a just recompense of reward. Lord, let me take their punishment for them. And so it was arranged. And on that starlit night, the angels announced Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Quoting from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Well, <clears throat> Isaiah had more to say about the coming prince than perhaps any of the others of the prophets. And he did a tremendous job. Over 100 times in the scripture is the word glory referring to God or Christ. In Exodus 33:18, Moses asked a very important question. In chapter 33 verse 18 he said, "I beseech thee, show me thy glory." People have always wanted to see the glory of God. What is it? We talk about it, we sing about it. I asked a, a, a person on the way to Sunday school this morning, "When you think of glory, what do you think of?" Why, that dear lady said, I think of heaven and of seeing Jesus. He is the very glory of God. 
But in verse 19, he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Now keep in mind that part of the glory of God is his goodness. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and, and will show mercy unto whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see my face and live. The glory of God is so powerful. You remember on another occasion, Moses was coming down from the mountain. He had been with God. He had received the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. And the Bible record says his face was alight with the glow of the glory of God. And the people couldn't look on him. And he had to wear a veil over his face. He had been so close to God. And yet even Moses, the meek servant of God, did not see the face of God. God said in verse 21, Behold, there is a place by me, thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass when my glory passes by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand, and I will pass by. I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shalt thou not see. When Mrs. Gross told me this morning, I think of heaven. I think of seeing Jesus. There were almost goose pimples on my back because she answered aright. The first time we will ever, ever understand or even see the full glory of God is when we enter the glory and we see him who died for us. I've seen him by faith but these eyes have never seen him. One day we will see him, and we will know him as he is, and we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And we will be filled with the glory and honor of God for all eternity. Well, in Isaiah 6, the prophet had a wonderful vision. Uzziah the king had died, and uh, Isaiah went to the temple, like some of us, when someone dies, we're drawn close to the Lord somehow. and We want to be in God's house, maybe in the funeral home that's been made a chapel, or in the house of God, and we want to be there with God. Isaiah thought this way. Uzziah was king to him, kin to him, and Uzziah was a great king, one of the few great kings and good kings in Israel's history. Isaiah went to the temple and he said, I saw the Lord. Now the word Lord there, if you'll read it carefully, refers to the pre-incarnate Christ. This is called a theophany. Theophany. See if you can say that word. Theophany. The pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. And Isaiah said, I saw him. And his temple, his, his holiness filled the temple. And I saw the seraphs and they cried one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. He was experiencing the glory of God. And in the midst of it, he said, I'm undone. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I've seen the Lord and I can't live. And the record says, God caused one of the heavenly beings to take a pair of tongs and from the altar lifted 
what we'd call a coal and put it on his tongue. And God said, you're not unclean anymore. I have cleansed you. I have cleansed you. And that's what happens when we get saved. We've been cleansed by the Lamb of God. What can... away my sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus. But I want to tell you, you're not going to get saved until you begin to see Jesus. Young people, juniors, listen carefully. Uh, Glenn, look behind you. There's a couple guys fighting over there. Yeah, that's right. Just lay it off. (laughs) All right. Now, listen, you're not going to be saved until you can see Jesus. This world has too many attractions. I've told you before about going to Nevada and getting to that gambling city. And when we came from Boulder over the mountain, looked down, all the beautiful lights. You can't imagine how beautiful that city was. And I thought, well, this is sort of like heaven. (laughs) The closer I got, I saw those big signboards about prostitutes and about gambling dens. Every hotel there has those gambling dens and so on. And I knew immediately that the devil had clothed himself as an angel of light. And let me warn you, that's what he does all the time. That's the problem with the movies. That's the problem with the television. It's all so attractive to our minds. But we need to be like Job. He said, I put a blind on my eyes, lest I look upon a maid to lust after her. The glory of God, his goodness. The glory of God, his graciousness. The glory of God, his goodness, his his gentleness. The glory of God, his mercy. In loving kindness, Jesus came, my soul to ransom from the death. You know, not until we really can recognize how sinful we are can we understand the glory of God. We've discussed this in Sunday school. How many people do you think saw the star that the wise men followed? Herod didn't see it. The people in Jerusalem didn't see it. Apparently nobody else in Persia saw it. And apparently the people in Bethlehem didn't see it. Those who were seeking God saw it. And the glory of God appears to those who are seeking him. When you seek with me with all your heart, you'll find me. Now in the light of that wonderful truth, the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. I want you to notice these things, and I'll be quickly through. Just an outline. Number one, he chooses us. Now you think of that. He chooses us. If you're here today and you're saved, God chose you. Sometimes we say, well, I chose Jesus. No, we didn't. He chose us. In John 16, 24, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you might bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. He chooses us. You remember back when we were kids and, and there would be a group of people and, and they'd pick two captains and one captain would stand over here and say, I choose Lloyd. The other captain would say, I choose Donnie. The other captain would say, I choose Chris and so on until they got all the good players, you know, 
And then the rest of us that were left over, <laughs> we were the last to be chosen. Anybody remember that? God didn't do it that way. He chose the weak to confound the wise. The preaching of the gospel of Christ is foolishness to those that do not believe. It is a stumbling block to those who reject him. But it is the stepping stone to heaven for those who know him and have received him. So notice, because of the glory of God, he chose us. He has the right to choose us. He's sovereign. He's all God. He chose us. <coughs> but notice how he chose us. <coughs> he chose us in Christ. He didn't cho choose Ronnie because he has a beautiful voice, but he does have a beautiful voice. He didn't choose Barry because Barry knows how to do the PA system, or Brother Gary knows how to do the PA system, or Brother Lloyd knows how to direct the singing. He didn't choose us for those reasons. His sovereign majesty and grace reached out and presented us Christ. Christ is the one that's chosen. We're chosen in him. When the rains came in Noah's day and the ark had in it those who had repented of sin and put their faith in the Lord, mainly Noah's family. Why did the rest of the world perish. God gave them 120 years of preaching. Come, come, come. Oh, they said, I'm too busy at the movies. I'm too busy at this. I'm too busy at my work. I don't have time. And, I'm, and on and on they went. What did God choose that day? Did he just, did he just choose Noah and his family? No, the ark was a picture of Christ. And Noah and his family got in the ark. And the ark was buoyed up by the same waters that destroyed the rest. Same thing is true today. When you allow Jesus to come into your heart, God, for Jesus' sake, forgives you. He cleanses you. He puts you in the ark. The ark is the chosen vessel for God. The ark is Christ. Are you in the ark today? The glory of God is revealed to those in the ark, not those on the outside. In Noah's day, those who perished were screaming and drowning and miserable and knocked on the door of the ark and said, let me in. But God had shut the door. And when God shuts the door, nobody can open it. And friend, same thing's true today. Jesus is the ark. And when he returns, the ark filled with those who believe upon him are going to move on out. And somebody in the world, maybe a husband, maybe a wife, maybe a brother, sister, son or daughter will come and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Let me in. It'll be too late. If you want to know the glory of God, come in the ark. Come in with Jesus and let Jesus be your all and all and your Savior. Secondly, he not only does he choose, choose us, he calls us from our waste and our fears. Over and over again, the scripture says, fear not. Fear not. He said that to the shepherds. Fear not. 
Jesus said that out on the water. Don't be afraid. Fear not. It is I. And when he was asleep in the hole of the ship and the disciples were all scared that they would go down in a watery grave, Jesus stood up and said, O ye of little faith, fear not. And he whispered to the winds and the waves and they were all very quiet. He can do the same thing today to your heart. Whoever you are, you have some kind of sickness, he'll whisper to your heart peace because of the glory that is in him, the goodness, the gentleness, the graciousness, the long-suffering, the mercy, the love, all of these in their purest form reveal the glory of God. Thirdly, he covers our sin. There's not one person among us in, in the sound of our voice today who hasn't sinned. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord had to lay on Jesus the iniquity of us all. For all have sinned and come short of what? What have we come short of? The glory of God. And who's that? Jesus. We've come short of his glory. But he said in Isaiah 1.18, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Oh, beloved friend, if you look back through the memory lanes of your heart and you see some ungodly thing, some sin, and you wonder, how could God ever forgive me? If you come to Jesus, all that's under the blood. He puts your sin behind his back. He buries it in the sea of his forgetfulness. He remembers it against you no more. And you come and try to confess that sin again, and God will say what sin you're talking about. I don't know anything about it. It's under the blood. Though your sins be as scarlet, God saves prostitutes. God saves rapists. God saves murderers. God saves liars. God saves anybody who will come. Some men's sins <coughs> go before him into judgment. In other words, we recognize them here. Others come later. The best thing you can do with your sin, and I'm not saying that you need to get up and confess it to everybody in this church. I don't think that's what God tells us to do. <coughs> but the best thing you can do is take that sin to Jesus immediately, just like that, and say, Lord, I, I've sinned, and I'm sorry. And I claim Isaiah 118, though my sins were as scarlet, I trust they will be as white as snow. I trust you. I believe upon you. My time is up. But the glory of God will be revealed. Not only does he choose us, not only does he call us, not only does he cover our sins, he cares for us, he comforts us, he changes us, he cautions us. I wish I had time to speak on the change that he brings. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Have you been changed since you were saved? Years ago, we were having a meeting at Camp Joy. <coughs> it was about midnight, and Dr. Gordon was preaching. And uh, a young man came forward in the invitation. I talked with him briefly, asked Christ to come into his heart. In a few minutes, he went back to where he was, had, had been sitting. And uh, he wrote a little note to his friend who had invited him to Camp Joy. He said, thank you for inviting me. And he signed it changed John 
He was changed by the power of God. Have you been changed? He changes us, our affections, our desires, our interests, our ambitions. He changes us from earth to heaven so that we're bound for Emmanuel's land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. But he also warns us in Hebrews 3, lest there be in anyone a root of unbelief. Friend, look to Jesus today. Let him be your all in all, your Savior, your sin bearer, and Christ will bless you and honor you. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the word of God that is quick and powerful. We pray that the Spirit of God will right now speak to all of our hearts. And may we be changed by the glory of God as that glory is revealed in our Christ. And may we go out of here recognizing that his glory must reflect through us or the world will never see it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 334, let's stand as we sing, please. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come to thee. <clears throat> this is God's invitation. You come just as you are. As a Christian, don't try to get better first. Give yourself to him. It may mean you can settle this right where you stand. It may mean God will impress you. You ought to come forward and take an open stand for the Lord. Do what he tells you to do. If you're lost, and friend, you've never been saved, you need Christ today. And you may say, well, how do you have Christ in your heart? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I was one of those whosoever's one day. I called on him, and he came into my heart. He'll do the same thing for you if you'll open your heart to him. While we begin to sing, will you come for Christ? <laughs>